Chapter 16 of Monica. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Monica by Evelyn Everett Green. Changes. Arthur! Aha, my lady! You did not expect that, did you? Now look here. Arthur, who was sitting up in an armchair, a thing Monica had never seen him do since that terrible fall from the cliffs years ago, now pulled himself slowly into a standing position, and by the help of a stout stick, shuffled a few paces to his couch, upon which he sank breathless, yet triumphant, though his drawn brow betrayed that the achievement was made at the cause of some physical pain. Arthur! Don't! You will kill yourself! On the contrary, I am going to cure myself. Or rather, Tom and his scientific friends are going to cure me, answered Arthur, panting a little with the exertion, but very gay and confident. Do you know, Monica, that for the last three months I have been at Tom's tender mercies, and you see what I can do at the end of that time? Randolph paid no end of money, I believe, to send down two big swells from London to overhaul me. And now? Now what do you think is going to happen? What? The day after tomorrow, I am going to start for Germany, for a place where there are mineral springs and things, and I am going to stay there for a year with a doctor who has cured people worse than me. Randolph is going to pay. Isn't he just awfully good? And in a year, Monica... I shall come back to you well, cured. What do you think of that? How we kept our secret well? Why, Monica, don't look like that. Aren't you pleased to think that I shall not be always a cripple? But Monica was too utterly astounded to be able to realize all at once what this meant. Arthur, I don't understand, she said at length. You seeing doctors? You going to Germany? Whose doing is it all? Whose? Randolph's practically, I suppose, since he finds the money for it. Why was not I told? That was my doing. I felt that if you knew, you would dissuade me. But you can't now, for in two days I shall be gone. Was Randolph willing to keep a secret from me? About you? asked Monica, slowly. No. He didn't like it. He wanted you to be told. But I wouldn't have it. And he gave in. I wanted to tell you myself when everything was fixed. Can you believe I'm really going? No, I can't. Do you want to go, Arthur? To leave traveling? I want to get well, he answered eagerly. If you had been lying on your back for years, Monica, you would understand. I do understand, answered Monica clasping her hands. Only, only, oh, yes, I know all that. It won't be pleasant, but I'd do more good for a good chance of getting well. So now it's all settled, and I'm off the day after tomorrow. You've not given me much time for my preparations. Arthur laughed outright. Oh, you're not going. Did you think you were? Why, you're leading traveling now. A full-blown countess. 
It would be too absurd your tying yourself to me. Besides, with a touch of manly gravity and purpose, I wouldn't have you, Monica, not at any price. I can stand things myself, but I can't stand the look in your eyes. Besides, you know, it would be absurd now, quite absurd. You're married, you know, and that changes everything. Monica's face was hard to read. I should have thought that, even married, I might have been allowed to see you placed safely in the hands of this new doctor, after having been almost your only nurse all these years. He stretched out a hand and drew her towards him, making her kneel down beside him, so that he could gaze right into her face. You must not look like that, you sweet, sensitive, silly sister, said Arthur, caressingly. You must not think I have changed, because I wish to go away, and because I will not have you with me. I love you the same as ever. I know that you love me, and if you want a proof of this, you shall have it, for I am going to ask a favor of you, a very great favor. Monica smoothed his hair with her hand. A favor, Arthur? Something that I can grant? You know you have only to ask. I want you to lend me Randolph, he said with a little laugh, as if amused at the form of words he had chosen. I want to know if you can spur him for the journey. Tom is going to take me, but somehow, Tom, well, he is very clever and kind, but he does hurt me, there is no denying, and I don't feel quite resigned to be entirely at his mercy. But Randolph is different, he is so very strong, he moves me twice as easily. And he is so awfully kind and gentle. He stops in a moment if he thinks it hurts. He has been here for a good bit with Tom since he got back. And you can't think how different his handling is. I don't like to take him away from you. You must miss him so awfully. He is such a splendid fellow. Have you said anything to Randolph about it? Oh no, I couldn't till I'd asked you. I do feel horrid to suggest such a thing, but you've made me selfish, you know, by spoiling me. It will take us three days to go, but he could come back much quicker. Tom is going to stop on for a bit to study cures with this old fogey, so I shall have somebody with me. I'll not keep Randolph a day after I get landed there, but I should like him for the journey uncommonly. Monica stooped and kissed him. I will arrange that for you, she said quietly, and went away without another word. She went slowly downstairs to the study, where her husband was generally to be found. She was dazed and confused by the astounding piece of news she had heard, hurt, pleased, hopeful, grieved, anxious, and half-indignant all in one. Her indignation was all for Tom Pendrell, whom she had always regarded where Arthur was concerned something in the light of a natural foe. For her husband's quiet generosity and goodness, she had nothing but the warmest gratitude. He would not be led away by professional enthusiasm or wish to inflict suffering upon Arthur just for the sake of scientific inquiry. He would not wish to send him from Trevelyn unless he believed that some great benefit would result from that banishment. She smiled proudly as she thought of Conrad's old prediction fulfilling itself so exactly now. Once she would have felt this deed of his as a crushing blow, aimed at the very foundation of her love and happiness, 
Now she only saw in it a new proof of her husband's single-minded love and strength. He would do even that which he knew would cause present pain, if he felt assured it were best to do so. He had proved his strength like this before, and she knew that he had been in the right. Should she distrust him now? Never again. Never again. She had done with distrust now. She loved him too truly to feel a shadow of doubt. Whatever he did must be true and right. She would find him now and thank him for his goodness towards her boy. She went straight to the study, full of this idea. Her eyes were shining strangely. Her face showed that her feelings had been deeply stirred. But when she opened the door, she paused with a start expressive of slight discomfiture, for her husband was not alone. Tom Pendrell was with him. They had guidebooks and a continental Bradshaw open before them, and were deep in discussions and plans. They looked up quickly as Monica appeared, and Randolph, seeing by her face that she knew all, nerved himself to meet displeasure and misunderstanding. Monica could not see now what she had rehearsed on the way. Tom was there, and she was not sure that she quite forgave him, although she believed he acted from motives of kindness. But certainly she could not speak out before him. The words she had come prepared to utter died away on her lips, and her silence and whole attitude looked significant of deep-lying distress and displeasure. You have heard the news, Monica? said Tom easily. Yes, I have heard the news, she answered very quietly. Is it true you take him away the day after tomorrow? Quite true, answered Tom looking very steadily at her. Do you forgive us, Monica? She was silent for a moment. Sort of quiver passed over her face. I am not quite sure if I forgive you. She answered in a low, even tone. She had not looked at her husband all this time, nor attempted to speak to him. She was laboring visibly under the stress of subdued emotion. Randolph believed he knew only too well the struggle that was going on within her. Monica, he said, and his voice sounded almost cold in his effort to keep it thoroughly under control. I am afraid this has been a shock to you. I am sure you will feel it very much. Will you try to believe that we are acting as we believe for the best regards Arthur's future? And pardon the mystery that has surrounded our proceedings? Monica gave him one quick look, so quick and transient that he could not catch the secret it revealed. She spoke very quietly. Everything has been settled, and I must accept the judgment of others. Results alone can quite reconcile me to the idea, but at least I have learned to know that I do not always judge best in difficult questions. Arthur wishes to go, and I will not stand in his way. There is only one thing I want to ask. And she looked straight at her husband. What is that, Monica? I want you to go with him, Randolph. You want me to go with him? Yes, to settle him in his new quarters, and to come and tell me all about it, and how he has borne the journey. Tom will not be back for weeks, and I don't know if I quite trust Tom's truthfulness. Will you go too, Randolph? I shall be happier if I know he is in your keeping as well. He looked at her earnestly. 
Did she wish to get rid of him for a time? Was his presence distasteful to her after this last act of his? He could not tell, but his heart was heavy as he gave the required assent. I will do as you wish, Monica. If you do not mind being a few days alone at Trevlin, I will go with Arthur. It is the least I can do, I suppose, after taking him away from you. Thank you, Randolph, she said, with one more of those inexplicable glances. I need not be alone at Trevlin. Aunt Elizabeth will come, I am sure, and stay with me. And she went quietly away without another word. I say, Trevlin, you have tamed my lady pretty considerably, remarked Tom, when the men were alone together. I expected no end of a shine when she found out, and she yields the point like a lamb. Seems to me you've cast a pretty good spell over her during the short time you've had her in hand. Randolph pulled thoughtfully at his mustache as he turned again to the papers on the table. He did not reply directly to Tom's remark, but presently observed, rather as if it were the outcome of his own thoughts. All the same, I would give a good deal if one of my first acts after coming into the property were not to banish Arthur from Trevlin for a considerable and indeterminate time. Oh, bosh, ejaculated Tom, taking up Bradshaw again. Why, even Monica would never put a construction like that upon this business. This day and the next flew by as if on wings. There was so much to think of, so much to do, and Monica had Arthur so much upon her mind that she found no opportunity to say to Randolph what she had purposed doing in the heat of a moment. Speech was still an effort to her. Her reserve was too deep to be easily overcome. She was busy, and he was preoccupied. When he returned, she would tell him all, and thank him for his generous goodness towards her boy. Monica, said Arthur, as she came to bid him good night upon the eve of his journey. He had a soothing draught administered, and was no longer excited, but quiet and drowsy. Monica, you will be quite happy, will you not, with only Randolph now? You love him very much, don't you? She bent her head and kissed him. Yes, Arthur, she answered softly. I love him with all my heart. Just as he loves you, murmured Arthur. I can see it in his face, in every tone of his voice, especially when he talks of you which is pretty nearly always. We both like it so much. I am so glad you feel just the same. I thought you did. I shall like to think about you so. How happy you will be. The next day, after Arthur had been placed in the carriage that was to take him away from Trevlin, and Monica had said her last adieu to him, and had turned away with pale face and quivering lips, she felt her hands taking in her husband's strong, warm clasp. Monica, he said tenderly, goodbye. I will take every care of him. You shall hear everything and shall not regret if I can help it, trusting him to me. Monica looked up suddenly into his face and put her arms around his neck. She did not care at the moment for the presence of Tom or of the servants. Her husband was leaving her. She had only thoughts for him. Take care of yourself, Randolph, she said, her voice quivering and almost breaking, take care of yourself, and come back to me as quickly as you can. I shall miss you, oh, so much. 
till I have you safe home again. Goodbye, dear husband. Goodbye. He held her for a moment in his arms. His heart beat tumultuously. For an instant, everything seemed to recede and leave him and his wife alone in the world together. He kissed her brow and lips and gently unloosened her clasp. Goodbye, my wife, he said gently. God bless and keep you always. The next moment, the carriage was rolling rapidly away along the road, Monica gazing after it, her soul in her eyes. Ah, my darling, said Mrs. Pendrell, coming and taking her by the hand. It is very hard to part with him, but it was kind to Arthur to spare him, and it is only for a few days. I know, I know, answered Monica, passing her hand across her eyes. I would not have kept him here. Arthur wanted him so much. I can understand so well what he felt. It would have been selfish to hold him back. But it feels so lonely and desolate without him, as if everything were changed and different. I can't express it. But oh, I do feel it all so keenly. Mrs. Pendrell pressed the hand she held. You love him then, so very much? Ah, yes, she answered. How could I help it? It makes me very happy to hear you say that, for I was sometimes rather afraid that you were hurried into marriage before you had learned to know your own heart, I thought. Monica passed her hand across her brow. Was I hurried? She asked dreamily. It is so hard to remember all that now. It seems as if I had always loved Randolph, as if he had always been the center of my life. And Mrs. Pendrell was content. She said no more, asked no more questions. You know, Randolph, said Arthur to his kindest of nurses and attendants, as he lay in bed at night after rather hard days traveling, I don't wonder now that you've so completely cut me out. I shouldn't have believed it possible once, but it seems not only possible, but natural enough, now that I know what kind of a fellow you are. What do you mean, my boy? asked Randolph. Mean? Why, what I say to be sure. I understand now why you've so completely cut me out with Monica. I only hold quite a subordinate place in her affections now. It is quite right, and I shall never be jealous of you, old fellow. Only mind, you always let me be her brother. I can't give up that. You may have all the rest, though. You deserve it, and you've got it, too by her own showing. Randolph started a little involuntarily. What do you mean? Mean? Why, that she loves you heart and soul, of course. You must know it as well as I, and I had it from her own lips. My wife, my wife, said Randolph, as he paced beneath the starry heavens that night. Then I was not deceived or mistaken. My wife, my Monica, my very own. God bless you, my darling, and bring me safe home to you and to your love. End of chapter 16